Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. My name is Christopher Harris. I'm joined uh, by Kartik Krishnayar. We're going to talk about watching soccer from around the world. Um, this past week, Kartik, gosh, there's been what? Copa Libertadores, Copa Sudamericana, UEFA Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League, uh, lots of games to go through. Was there anything that jumped out at you? I mean, it doesn't have to be the the Champions League uh, or, or the kind of the the similar tournaments that they have, but anything that jumped out, out at you this this last week that you thought was really interesting or different? Uh, not really. No, I, I think it was uh, it, it was just very very interesting to have several games on broadcast television, right? To have NWSL, Bundesliga, and Premier League all on within a couple hours of each other on what we used to consider the three major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS. So that was a major win for the sport. And uh, CBS is showing uh, so much uh, uh, coverage of of NWSL and the NWSL Challenge Cup between CBS Sports Network, uh, obviously Paramount Plus having the other games, and uh, CBS over the air. It's been really, really good to watch. By the way, there are some matches in the NWSL regular season, not many, but a few that will be on Twitch, uh, I've found out. Mm -hmm. That's right. uh, On that note. That's right. Yep. Yep. For free. So, like, for me personally, so, gosh, I mean, we, we, we both of, of us, uh, and I'm sure the listeners, watch so much soccer from around the world that it's almost impossible for us to talk about everything because you, Kartik, as one example, uh, probably watch more championship games than anyone I know. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I try to dabble and, and watch the things that I'm interested in and, 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 as do you and as does the listener, right? There's so much soccer on television. It's impossible to cover everything. It's impossible to watch everything. Um, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be that, you mean, every weekend, most of America pretty much watched the same games. There was a game on uh, Fox Soccer Channel on, on a Saturday morning. Uh, maybe there was a couple of choices uh, uh, around about lunchtime. Uh, and then afternoon, it was an MLS game, and sometimes that was pretty much the only game that was on, other than reruns. And maybe on a Saturday night, there'd be a, a Liga Max game or Liga Mackey's game, so on and so forth. I think in many ways, I mean, I mean, going back to what you said before too about, uh, you mean, we've got a lot of games on, on uh, over the air networks, CBS, ABC, you mean Fox, etc. 
it's good when those games are on those big television networks. I mean, we looked at last weekend's numbers for the the viewing numbers for the major games. This is not everything, but if you added up all the the games from the Premier League and from MLS that were on uh, big time national TV networks or, or cable stations, as well as the Bundesliga, of course, on the English language side, there were more than four million people that watched those games. So, or four million viewers. So it is big numbers, uh, but it is hard. It's harder now, I think, than than ever to really kind of have a conversation with soccer fans because um, our interests are so different. Yeah. No, and I think uh, what I'm finding is that there are people who say, um, if you're not watching Serie A, then you know you're not watching football, or if you're not watching this, or you know, I it, basically there's there's more tribalization with more matches on, and people who are becoming very judgmental about people who watch other things, um, which I'm not personally enjoying. Right? Uh, we can have debates about leagues and quality of play and styles of play. And whether uh, watching a Pep versus Klopp match is too robotic, I've, I've heard that also. That you know, it's too they're too tactical geeks. Why, why would I watch that when I can watch something free flowing from from somewhere else, more free flowing? Uh, I'd argue that that's a that's a fallacy, but whatever. I think you would too. But um, there's more tribalization now. So even my conversations with soccer fans are evolving, and I don't think it's really in a good way, to be honest with you. People are becoming much more tribal, in particular about their leagues or the the, 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 the styles of play they like. Yeah, I think the soccer, the, the, the cooler conversation, the water cooler conversation, like where people talk about like, hey, you mean, you mean the, in the old world, right, uh, when, when we didn't all work remotely, or many of us, is that the water cooler conversation would be the morning after, like, hey, did you see that game last night? What game was that? Oh, it was uh, the CONCACAF Champions League semi-final, uh, semi, uh, first leg. I mean, great game, and Seattle did really, really well to come back. That person might say, no, it was too late. I was watching uh, the Champions League. I mean, UEFA Champions League, and I saw you mean Liverpool against Villarreal. Or maybe it's somebody who says, like, hey, no, I didn't see any of those. I, I watched Serie A. It, it it is in some ways it's funny Kartik because in some ways Don Garber many years ago probably about five years ago said there's too much soccer on television <laughs> he said this at a conference and, and in a way we, we we ridiculed him at the time but in a way he's right because it's harder to get everyone together on the same page now uh, than ever before ten years ago fifteen years ago twenty years ago. There was seemed to be a lot more U.S. men's national team fans that were like, "Hey, let's get around this team. This te- this is a team that we can believe in, and we'll watch some MLS games on ESPN." The numbers were much greater back then than they are now, and yeah, we'll watch a, a Liverpool Man City game on a Saturday morning. The quality is not the greatest, but look at the, even the atmosphere, the crowds. <laughs> in some ways, was Don Garber right? And, and it's it's weird. It, it seems to be. Despite all of the options available to watch, to watch soccer from around the world, it's great, but in sometimes it does feel a little bit lonely because we've got we're all watching so many different things. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, and I, and I think that uh, there is a. I, I'm finding even on Twitter, if I talk about certain subjects, I'm getting less interaction than I used to. I mean, it, it, people are watching different things, uh, and I think. 
there is the thing that I, I and that's that's perfectly fine. That's great, and and I think this sport, unlike many American sports, has a real diversity in culture, diversity in style of play, diversity in fans. Uh, that that maybe you don't quite see uh, in terms of their 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 viewpoints and their worldviews and their kind of culture uh, in American sports. What I do mind is the the growing view that well, if you're watching this league, that's crap, or you're watching that league, that's not you you don't really understand football. And um, there seems to be among um, and I and you know look maybe I'm I'm a bit of a hypocrite but our views evolve over time right uh, because I've criticized people who only watched the Premier League in the past right uh, on this show very very openly there now seems to be a backlash against people who are watching primarily the Premier League among a lot of other football fans in the U.S. saying well they don't really know anything about anything else and they don't really understand football because they're only watching that league and then they a lot of those people resort to wild stereotypes about the Premier League because they're not actually watching the Premier League. So they'll take some eight, nine, dated 1980s or 1990s view of English football and extrapolate it to 2022, which uh, the Premier League has more tactical diversity than any any top flight league in the world right now in terms of the different way managers approach the way they play. I think there's a there's a general uniformity in Germany. Uh, there's a little more diversity in, in, in Italy and Spain, but not quite at the level of the Premier League. And certainly no other league has the spending power or, or the ability to attract top coaches to clubs that aren't the top two or three in the league that, that the Premier League has. So uh, that uh, so I, I think there's just this huge kind of this, this, this divide that's opened up. And maybe this goes back to broadcast, right? The Premier League is exclusively on NBC. NBC doesn't show any other soccer at all. So, I, I mean, I guess maybe that has something to do with it because if you are a viewer of one of those other leagues and it's on ESPN or on CBS – uh, just as two examples, you're probably more prone to say, oh, yeah, they're showing an ad for this on Paramount Plus. Maybe I'll check out the Brasilaro. Uh, I'll check out uh, uh, Serie A. Whereas uh, if you're on uh, watching the Premier League, you're not checking anything else out because NBC isn't advertising anything else. I don't know. Maybe I'm spitballing here about the broadcast implications of this. But I, it, there's a definite um, a drift towards this, Chris, that, that I'm finding and I think is – is really kind of unhealthy, honestly, as we try and sustain soccer in this country. Because remember, we're still a minority sport in this country. I don't think we need to be fighting amongst one another and calling uh, other people out for not being as cultured, quote-unquote, as maybe you are. Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's a lot of people that call us out, Kartik, even on the, in the comments section sometimes for World Soccer Talk that says, like, hey, you're not watching uh, the Belgian League. You're not watching the, the, yeah, right, the, right, the Dutch right. League. Or, or you, you mean, and, and those are good leagues, too. It, it, and from time to time, I will tune in and watch uh, you mean a PSV game or Fire Note game or Ajax game, and it's entertaining, but I, just, I, I don't have the time to watch everything. Uh, okay, so Chris, specifically fans of the Dutch League are one of the groups I'm calling out. I didn't I didn't name names, but there are multiple fans of the Dutch league who call me out both privately and publicly for not watching that league. And that how can I possibly make these assumptions about things if I'm not watching that league? Well, unfortunately, those matches overlap with, I mean, and I watch a few games, right? I, I, I've even tweeted at times, hey, I, I checked out PSV and Fire Nord. It was a great match, but I'm not consistently watching the league it is correct. So, yeah, am I missing stuff because I'm not, miss, I'm not watching that league consistently? Sure. But that doesn't mean your opinion or my opinion or someone else's opinion is less valid. And even if it is less valid, 
in your mind, let, let's try and let's try and keep this thing together because our sport's not big enough in, in this country. It's not American football where I think if they divide it in 10, 10 different ways, they'd still be fine, yeah. right? Uh, I don't think we can afford to do that as a sport in this country. Well, it's difficult though, Karthik, too, because if you look at the, all of the top sports in the in the United States, and we had an article at WorldSoccerTalk.com, what probably about three or four months ago, that said finally we now have the proof and stats and evidence to say that soccer is a bigger sport than NHL uh, in this country. So you mean you know, uh, NFL, American football, you've got uh, basketball, you got baseball, and then you mean you've got soccer, and then you got ho- hockey. So that that's a big deal. But if you talk to people on the street or in your office or just in, in your family, uh, they'll say like, yeah, no, soccer's this still this very kind of yeah, it's growing among the uh, the kids and how many people are playing it. Isn't that great? But it doesn't still have that kind of same like kind of big big sports feel. However, it does. And it it does it doesn't it doesn't it does because the numbers are there it doesn't because there are so many leagues to watch and so many options so many languages that it is so spread across all these leagues from around the world which is wonderful but at the end of the day too I think the, that water cooler conversation what's happening is is that that conversations at the water cooler. It's mostly now about the Premier League. And, and I think that's part of it, too, is the Premier League has gotten so big in this country that it is a water co- a cooler conversation. When I go traveling and I'm in a hotel or in a, in a lobby of a hotel on a, on a morning or a Saturday morning and I'm getting some breakfast, the TVs are on. You mean they're showing Premier League games and there's a whole bunch of kids and families sitting down watching it. And, and intently, you can tell that they're, they watch this, they're interested in this. Um, and you may have a better league, such as in some ways the Bundesliga, in terms of the way that the league is run. Yes, forget about Bayern. If Bayern wasn't in the Bundesliga, it would be a totally different story. But the way that the league's run, the way it's produced, the way the level of football, the chances for young players, um, the entertainment value. Uh, you could argue easily that the Bundesliga in many ways is just as good as the Premier League, maybe not as better, or maybe it is better, but is nowhere even in the same same stratosphere as as the Premier League. And, and I think in some ways, too, the, the big leagues that have that water cooler conversation opportunities seem to be getting bigger and bigger. The smaller leagues, and when I say smaller, just smaller in comparison, are having a tough time. We've seen that from MLS uh, viewership, that there's relatively not many people talking about it the CONCACAF Champions League uh, this is an opportunity for MLS this is a big opportunity opportunity for MLS to get some credibility uh, and to get into that conversation it's not there yet perhaps next week if Seattle uh, defeats Pumas maybe that'll happen but still got a long way to go it's just a a weird place that we're in Kartik where I think in some ways we're in the golden era of soccer TV coverage in this country. We've got so many options, so much shoulder programming. You mean just before post-match, pre-match, some of the biggest names in world football covering the game. Um, But we're still mostly concentrating on, on those big events. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's something that 
fans have to recognize and be more tolerant of. So uh, it's uh, the Dutch league. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, Maybe it's not funny because you're getting the same comments I am. Uh, That seems to be one of the the bones of contention, that somehow if you're not watching, in particular PSV and Ajax, you're not watching football. Uh, And there are multiple people who tell me that, right, and and get on me about it. Alexi Lalas said the same thing several years ago, saying like, hey, if you're not watching MLS, are you even a soccer fan? Yeah. Yeah. He said, are you an American soccer fan? Which uh, rankled me because I said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working NASL. I watch USL. I watch uh, I go to uh, public parks to watch NPSL and UPSL games. Those are that's the the, the, the grassroots soccer in my area. But I'm not watch. Or I was watching MLS more at that point. But still, let's say I wasn't watching MLS. Does that mean doing all those other things? I'm not a soccer fan. Uh, and this is a similar conversation, right? I, I think there are people – look, I, I, I think it comes down to this. Um, irrespective of the broadcast situation here with NBC having the Premier League and everything else being on CBS, ESPN, or, or somewhere else, right? Um, the bottom line is there is a growing resentment among fans of other European leagues about the Premier League's grow, uh, hegemony, right, which is a financial hegemony uh, for the the last 10 years or so, which has now turned into a clear supremacy in terms of quality of, of, of the league, which we weren't sure would, it would happen, right? Because money doesn't necessarily translate. And I would say for uh, of that 10-year period we're talking about where the Premier League has had a superior, superior TV deals, superior, superior visibility, and superior commercial deals, I would say a good chunk of that time La Liga was still a better league top to bottom, in my opinion. But now I don't think there's a conversation as to what the best league is when you get past the f- top few teams. You can argue Real Madrid is better than Liverpool or Manchester City. You can argue PSG is better than them. May, uh, they, they haven't proved it this year, but you could argue that, right? You could argue Byron's better than all these these clubs, even though uh, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, even though obviously they, they bombed out of Champions League this year. You cannot argue one through 15 what the best league is right now. Well, in the yeah. world, but 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 also you, you look at the you you wait for Champions League. No, no, no other league would there be a club like Everton who has spent five hundred billion pounds uh, on uh, uh, on players uh, to be in in, in this. Uh, um, in this situation, I said uh, 500 billion, sorry, a uh, uh, 500 million in, tra- in transfer fees in the last few years and be in the relegation zone. Yeah, you, you look at the domination in the Champions League in terms of the number of uh, British clubs there. You look at uh, Europa League in the semifinals, how many British clubs are there. It, it, it's, I mean, they may not even win the, uh, either tournaments, but it is a domination for, for two years uh, in a row. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I don't look those those competitions are one off one and two off competitions. I don't really like to look at them as a judge. And I had I've argued that in the past, too. I mean, I even in defense of England, when English teams were doing very poorly in Europe, uh, there was one year where English teams were out by the round of 16, every round English team. Uh, there was a year where Man City won the title and they, they finished third in their Champions League group and ended up in Europa League. Um, So that ebbs and flows. But I think if you look at really the quality of play, the depth of of, of quality players, the depth of quality coaches, the uh, ability of of clubs like Brighton uh, to sustain themselves playing incredible football, uh, Southampton you mentioned last week. Also, those those clubs further down the table, you don't see as much of that in other leagues. And so my my point is, I think, Chris, there's a, a growing resentment. I sense that. There's a growing resentment of the money going to the 
the Premier League. There's a growing resentment of their commercial deals. There's always been a little bit of a, 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 a snickering of so, so-called more cosmopolitan football fans towards England in general and Englishness and, and, and Anglo, uh, Anglopho- uh, you know, I would call it, you know, they have a bit of Anglophobia in a way, but um, towards towards the uh, the British pundit and the British coaches, which I think in many cases has been very justified, by the way. I'm not saying I disagree with it, but now that the Premier League is clearly in the ascendancy and everyone else is playing second fiddle, and I don't think there's any question about this, okay? Um, even if Real Madrid wins the Champions League, like I said, you know, Bayern could win the Champions League next year and PSG the year after. It doesn't, it just means that the top team is better. It doesn't mean the league as a whole is better. And um, I think that that resentment now is fostering itself in all these different ways. Oh, if you don't watch Sherry A, I had someone tell me this a few weeks ago. If you don't watch Sherry A, you're not watching football. And I said, well, I do watch Sherry A, but there are a lot of people who don't and I think are perfectly qualified to discuss the sport and understand the sport at a level maybe higher than I do. Um, and uh, if you, and then the, the number of people who've said it about the Dutch League is, 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 pretty, uh, is pretty telling as well. Yeah, I think for me, in, in my circles, it, it isn't resentment that, that I'm seeing. It's more about feeling that almost resigned to the fact that there's no way to keep up with the Premier League uh, that our league whatever that league is is never going to be as big as that league and you know, I mean you know, it, 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 it is yeah, what it is it. type yeah. of thing where it's like yeah. hey we've almost given up here at this point where it's like there's no way to battle that but the, the leagues have to battle that and that's the thing though too it, it is still it is yeah, definitely slanted in one direction in terms of the way the Premier League is operating from a, you mean, just the way that the, the league is run and the marketing and the production and everything that goes into it in terms of the players and, and on the pitch, of course, absolutely. The relegation battle, which this year, again, yet again, I mean, the relegation battle, that's the thing that year after year, even when the title race is well and truly over, the relegation battle, almost every year, it keeps us just sucked into that it's like it's to me in many ways it it, it's sometimes more captivating than the title race which sounds crazy but it's true because you mean the title race sometimes it's usually just one or two teams just trying to to win it uh sometimes even one team just like flying away with it the relegation usually there's there's usually four to five teams battling it out all the way to the end and the fact that one of those teams or well, three teams go down, but usually it's one or two teams that are kind of in that jeopardy zone. Um, that, that, that to me is enthralling. And, and that, and again, too, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes I'm like, I'm, I'm watching the Burnley games more intently than whatever other games on at yeah. the same time. The same thing happened this past weekend too. I'm, I was just glued to Burnley, just watching them. There's nothing in my view, and again, I'm I'm biased. We all have our personal perspectives. Uh, there is nothing in my view that's more momentous right now going on in world football. And I know Liverpool is uh, probably going to be in the Champions League final. Man City or Real Madrid will be there. Uh, we have Seattle potentially, with that penalty last night, uh, potentially setting themselves up to win the CONCACAF Champions League. We have Milan winning potentially their first Serie A title in over a decade. Nothing is more momentous than the idea of Everton dropping to the championship. Not only are Everton a huge club, and I know there are people who come back to me saying, well, Newcastle got relegated, West Ham got relegated, Aston Villa got relegated, Leeds got relegated. Yeah, 
all true. There has never been a club that has spent this amount of money, okay? And when they started spending, they were consistently finishing in the top half of the table in the Premier League. Uh, Chris, the year before uh, Mushiri bought the club, they finished seventh, and they were in Europe. There has never been a club that I can remember that has spent this amount of money to go from seventh to 18th, potentially, and then and get relegated. And again, as, as I think most of you know, Everton have uh, the longest uh, number of seasons, most number of seasons in the English top flight. They have the longest consecutive run in the top flight behind Arsenal, uh, who have not been relegated since the 19-teens, Arsenal. Uh, Everton have not been relegated since they were promoted back to the uh, first division, then first division, in 1955. So to me, that's the biggest story in football, which is why I'm watching Burnley games intently like you are. Uh, I... uh, I, I, I understand and respect that other people think that we're crazy. There was another person who told me, you couldn't pay me to watch Everton. I can't believe <laughs> you, know, you fancy yourself as a big football analyst and you're sitting focused on Everton and Burnley. Okay, okay, that's fine. Then don't pay attention to me. Maybe my analysis of Real Madrid or Bayern is off because I'm watching Everton instead. But that to me is such a story. And like you, I'm focused on that. The other thing that spreads the kind of popularity of soccer wider and wider, spreads it in a way that's basically we're all watching different things. So it's hard to kind of get those those large numbers because, you I mean, collectively all together, there are large numbers watching soccer. But uh, on a game by game basis, those, those numbers may not be seem to be as big as as what they should be. But again, collectively, they are. But the, the other part of that is is women's soccer. Women's soccer is growing in popularity. Uh, anyone who's watched the UEFA Cha- Women's Champions League this season or last season, it's entertaining. It's packed crowds. It's um, with DAZN and YouTube, kind of that, that free stream and uh, at a football showing these games. It's, it's good content. And you look at any weekend now of, of football from around the world available to us in the United States, a lot of those games are women's games too. And there's a large community watching those games that you know, maybe they watch some men's games and in combination with women's games, or there's some that watch just women's football. We've seen that from CBS this past weekend, Kartik, uh, North Carolina against Washington. The, the viewing number for that on CBS was greater than the viewing number, MLS's best number that weekend. Yeah, and uh, um, the... Uh the key thing here is that the club uh, game in women's football, which was not relevant uh, on a mass scale uh, until very recently, has become relevant. So relevant that this morning, Soccer America published an in- interview with Anson Dorrance, who I think everybody knows, right? Former U.S. women's national team coach, longtime Titan uh, at North Carolina. I would, as a Floridian, mention that Florida State under Mark Kerkorian, who just retired a few weeks ago, has won more ACC championships in North Carolina and more national championships in North Carolina in the last decade. But that's uh, my own personal uh, uh, stand as a Floridian. Anson Dorrance, who has trashed the uh, club game uh, for years, women's club game. Oh, every girl needs to be going to, to college. What matters is them coming to UNC Chapel Hill. And we know UNC Chapel Hill has really been the incubator for the women's, the U.S. women's national team and for some other women's national teams. We've seen Dutch uh, players, et cetera, play at, at UNC, and we've seen players from many European nations and South American nations play at various and, and Asian uh, nations play at various U.S. college programs. Anson Dorrance today in a Soccer America interview interview uh, admitted, yeah, you know what? The club game is relevant. 
finally, after all these years of, of poo-pooing it. So that, to me, is verification of what you just said, Chris, the growing footprint of the women's club game with WSL, which will be on CBS next year. And CBS Sports Network, I'm told, has plans to show several matches. And we've seen, actually, NBC do okay with the property via at the football. And then, clearly, CBS uh, is getting really good numbers for NWSL when they show it on the main network. We don't know the numbers on CBS Sports Network. I would caution uh, the listeners about that, right? They're not Nielsen rated, so we don't know what, what numbers those are doing. But when they show it on big CBS, it's doing really, really well. Um, and kind of showing up MLS in some ways, as you indicated. Yeah, I mean, from personal experience. So uh, I went to one of my daughter's soccer games last weekend. So uh, she's a teenager. She's playing rec soccer. She loves it. She really enjoys play, playing the sport. And she's pretty decent. Not a bad defender. But talking to some of the, the parents there, uh, the soccer moms, they're coming up to me saying like, hey, Chris, did you watch that game this weekend? The uh, North Carolina against Washington on, on CBS. Did you see that goal they scored? Blah, blah, blah. And, and, and to me, it, it's interesting hearing that, listening to that, because I'm like, yeah, I, I caught the game. I watched it. Um, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, entertaining. But but I think a lot of soccer moms are, and, and, and parents, of course, and, and young girls and, and men, and of course, too. Are appeal appealing to that because it is something that they can relate to. It's it's American teams. Um, a lot of these um, young girls or even women in general have aspirations to be a professional athlete. Even if they don't have any aspirations, it's someone they can look up to and watch these games and relate to a lot better than watching, say, to men's men's soccer. Um, but Kartik, I have to ask you this question: Out of all the sports in this country, right, and tons of sports. Is there any sport that is has a viewership or kind of a basically a viewership? Yes, that that is as split as soccer. When you look at all the leagues, all the teams, all the types of op- opportunities to watch that sport of soccer, is there any other sport that comes close to that? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I think college sports. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of splits via conference, right? There's splits between people who watch the SEC exclusively and watch the ACC exclusively or, or watch the Pac-12. I think the most notable thing would be West Coast fans in college sports watch the Pac-12 and don't tend to watch as much of everything else. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Maybe lacrosse, maybe auto racing is split for sure. Uh, but I don't think it quite has the number of splits as soccer does. Uh, golf certainly has some splits. That's about to get potentially more uh more intense if you got if those of you out there i'm sure have been following the news this week about this uh this rogue tour that greg norman's the commissioner of and has uh saudi money behind it that's uh uh going to try and challenge the pga tour now there's all obviously always been the pga european tour and the and the asian tour and the australasian tour uh, but uh, that, that that might that split might intensify now, and and I actually, as someone who's followed golf, uh, not close as closely as I've followed football, obviously, but who's followed golf through the years, the split between the the main PGA Tour and the European PGA Tour was always kind of you know you had to keep an eye on both, and I, I would chastise Americans who would only watch the US PGA Tour and and wouldn't watch uh, or at least keep track of what was going on on the European Tour. So there's always been a split in that sport, but I. Not quite like this. I don't think there's a sport that has quite 
the split like this. And then the women's professional game becoming more and more relevant furthers the split. Because I think what the argument other fans of golf and tennis in particular would make is that you would have to keep up with the WTA tour uh, in, in, uh, uh, on, the, on the women's side in tennis and the uh, uh, women's PGA, LPGA tour uh, on the uh, women's side in golf also to be well-rounded in the sport. And I agree on that. Um, and will admit my golf viewing tended to gravitate towards men, not my tennis viewing. My tennis viewing, I don't watch much tennis anymore. But when I did, I probably watched more women's tennis than men's tennis. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's getting further and further fragmented and, and, and stratified at this point. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things, though, too, that, like, for example, here at worldsoccertalk.com, one of our specialties is all the TV schedules and streaming schedules. So we're probably more intimate with all all the games that are going on. Any given Saturday, easily, there's plus there's more than 70 games going on. How do we know this? Because we're the ones researching all the games, <clears throat> finding out who's broadcasting them, and then updating all the schedules by hand. This is not like kind of a, a feed that we get from some, some uh, larger entity. This is all done by hand. So we have a team of people that, that update this across the website and the app, etc. And in a, in a given year, there's at least... At least 5,000 soccer games that go on in, in this country that are available to us via streaming um, and television combined, at least. Um, you mean, we're in, in our system where we're kind of adding the, the different teams and the different games. Um, there's over 1,000 a a teams that we have in there. So, And it's interesting, too, because we have a newsletter that's free, email newsletter, and in there asks you, okay, who's, what's your favorite team? What's your favorite league? So we have a kind of a, a master spreadsheet of all the different teams that people support. And it's it's incredible how diverse that is, because based on kind of which is your favorite team, you'll get a newsletter that's personalized to you based on that. And, and it's it's crazy, the number of teams and just the wide array from around the world uh, that we see there that, that are the favorite teams, which is which is wonderful, which is incredible. Having said all of that, Kartik, <laughs> looking ahead, ahead to this weekend's matches, what's the game that you recommend that we should watch it? And I'll share mine. Uh, so I guess we're going back to kind of form here, reverting to form. Uh, Milan Fiorentina, 9 a.m. Eastern uh, on Sunday, uh, which uh, is listed on CBS Sports Network, which I was pleasantly surprised by, and Paramount+. Plus. Uh, Milan now, after Inter's uh, faux pas midweek, uh, defensive faux pas, uh, is now uh, in control of their own destiny in terms of winning Serie A. Uh, uh, Inter still has goal difference, but now Milan two points clear with five match days to go. This Fiorentina match uh, it represents a, a potential slip-up, a, a potential for Milan to be tripped up. And Milan has not, not only has not won a Serie A title since 2011 under Max Allegri, but has spent much of that time out of the Champions League places. In fact, some of those years out of the Europa League places. So this isn't vintage Milan. This is quite a comeback story uh, these last two seasons. So the game that checks, checks off all the boxes for me, Kartik, has to be, and again, this is very predictable in many ways, but, but it's true. This is my honest, uh, my match to watch this weekend. Leeds United against Manchester City, uh, Saturday, 12.30 Eastern, NBC, uh, I think Universo and Peacock. Why does this check the boxes for me? Well, box one, relegation battle, right? Leeds United, still not safe. 
I think get a point here, or you mean at least uh, who knows a win? You mean that that's that that has them sitting pretty. Uh, box number two, it's a title race. Man City, you mean needs to pick up the points here. Uh, you mean and especially last weekend too, in terms of um, goal difference, uh, boosted there. So they're they're closer to Liverpool in terms of goal difference. Um, box number three. Jesse Marsh. I mean, this is, to me, just an incredible story of uh, how he's thrown in the deep end and how quickly he was able to assimilate and get this team really, I mean, defensively strong, uh, not conceding many goals, but offensively um, generating the chances and creating the goals. And then I guess uh, box four, let me see, <laughs> this is the fourth reason I'm trying to think too is uh, Leeds United, Ellen Road. Even. One of the, to me, one of the most captivating stadiums in England. Very similar to Southampton Park, Crystal, Crystal Palace. A little bit smaller of a stadium. Uh, Ellen Road, um, larger than Southampton, but the fans from minute one to ninety will be standing up, will be cheering, will be waving, will be uh, chanting and singing, no matter what Leeds does in this game. And and I, I'm expecting just a just a fantastic uh, audio on this one, Kartik, in terms of the crowd noise. Um, reason number five. It, 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 this should be a really entertaining game. I mean, I mean. So that, that's just one example. Uh, <laughs> I guess, like you said too, it goes back to form. We're talking about the games we want to watch this weekend. There's a reason that some of these leagues are more popular than others, and also 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 helps that the title race is still open in in Italy and in England. So, Kartik, let's move on to TV streaming news. This, this week is a little bit different. Uh, I want to get your take on this one, too. So um, it's not finalized yet, but it looks like Twitter uh, has been sold for $44 billion uh, to Elon Musk. Um, of course, the billionaire who also uh, owns Tesla and SpaceX and um, the Boring Company, as well as other companies. What's your take on this, Kartik? If this does happen... Will everything stay the same? Can we expect many changes? Uh, how does this impact um, soccer in many ways? Because you I mean it is so intertwined with Twitter. Not not for all of us, but for for a large portion of the hardcore soccer fans. Yeah, I mean we've already seen kind of a, a, a beginning of a gravitation of soccer fans from Twitter to YouTube, which is something I just can't. I can't get used to, uh, but particularly among U.S. fans, U.S. men's national team fans, although I think they still have a pretty, pretty large, uh, uh, um, presence in terms of uh, Twitter. Now, I guess their resentment was about blue check marks, right? Uh, these US M&T fans who don't have blue check marks and seem to resent the uh, Alexi Lalas's and Stu Holden's and Taylor Twelman's that do, uh, among others, right? They, they don't, uh, a lot of them don't put the same value on media expertise that people like you and I do. Um, and so they gravitated to YouTube already, a lot of those people, and used Twitter as just a, a forum to attack the blue check marks. Um, and or, or the uh, quote MLS media, as they call you and me included, Chris, in many cases, even though we're seen by people, a lot of people who support MLS as anti-MLS, which says, uh, which goes back to Elon Musk, right? He says uh, he's against the far right and the far left politically, so maybe he, he, he will do something right. I think there'll be changes. There might be changes in the user experience. I don't think it'll be quite as dramatic as people are making it out to be 
uh, particularly people on on the kind of center left politically or, or, or talking about leaving Twitter, whereas I've seen left wing people embracing it because they they're uh, free speech advocates and then people on the right really embracing it. I don't think it'll be a big deal, uh, as big a deal. It might be a big deal, but it may not be as big a deal as um, people think. However, we're taping this Thursday morning, so I have to point this out, Chris. Uh, Twitter has a problem with unverified news being amplified. And I fell into it this morning with a very, very important figure everybody on this podcast knows about in football, Mini Raola, um, being reported to have... Yes, super agent, agent for Pogba, Ibra, among others, um, being reported to have died. And I woke up this morning to that news and was I put out a bunch of tweets and then analyzed it. And what is this going to do to the Pogba's uh, Freon this summer and Ibra and et cetera? And um, it turns out, uh, as, as of the time of this recording, might change by the time you, many of you listen, he's actually released a statement. He's not dead. Okay, he is in the hospital. He is in critical condition. Obviously, he had a publicist put out the statement. But um, unverified news on Twitter is probably a bigger issue for Elon Musk to, uh, to crack down than any of this other stuff that we've heard a lot of hyperbole about, a lot of, lot of uh, propaganda, a lot of things that are incorrect and inaccurate that now get amplified uh, by Twitter's algorithm. And that's not a human being controlling that. That's, um, that, that, that. that's an algorithm. And in this specific case, today, this morning, as we record this, uh, ma- what could have been a massive development in the world of football? Because, uh, again, he is one of three or four really, really big super agents in Europe in terms of European club football. Uh, there are only a handful that are at that, in that top tier, and he's one of them. Um, it turned out not to be true. I think, I think part of it, though, too, Kantik, this is definitely not just a Twitter problem. This is a, a Facebook problem. It's social media in general. Um, you mean, you, you look at, uh, I mean, even the, the, this example of, of the news, uh, there were verified accounts that were posting that he had passed away. So it, it's not just that, yes, it's unverified news, but like you said, too, in terms of the algorithm and kind of like where Twitter, you can go to a page on Twitter on your your app and it has kind of all the latest news that it believes that you're interested in. Um, so there's an issue that absolutely, and 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 perhaps maybe Elon Musk has an idea of how to fix this. Maybe he already says sees issues with it with it in terms of the way the platform is, and has ideas of how to fix it. One of the things he's looking at fixing is Twitter in terms of just uh, how much money they're making. They have an advertising model. Uh, it's always interesting that you I mean we use Twitter. Many of us do. Many of the listeners do too. I'm sure. But uh, it's one of those things that you mean you see ads pop up now and again. But uh, Elon Musk is looking at that and saying, "Okay, well, maybe we'll actually get rid of the advertising model and change it to a subscription model, where you may have to pay to be on Twitter or to have uh, certain access levels on on Twitter." So, so there's a whole bunch. Of, actually, even the verification process part of it too. If you want to be verified and get a blue check, you may have to actually pay for that and go through a kind of a verification process to make sure that you are, uh, in fact, a human being that, uh, you mean, basically kind of, uh, I mean, does all these... Well, all these that has some impact, right? yeah. Look, there's there's a lot of people, and I, maybe I'm going to offend some of our listeners here who, who, I'm, who I'm speaking of specifically. There are a lot of people with blue check marks on Twitter who shouldn't have them. Uh, quite frankly, you know, a lot of people who have a lot less... Uh, lo- no, seriously, should, Chris, they have a lot less... Shouldn't have them. 
should not oh, have yeah. them. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. There are a lot of people who have a lot less influence than you and I do in the soccer world who have gone out and gotten blue check marks. I'm just oh, going to sure. put yeah. it there. And, and, you know, we haven't done that because, you know, we, I, I personally think the blue check marks belong to the Taylor Twellmans and the Grant Walls and the, uh, uh, and, and the Simon Evanses and the people who, who, who cover this sport professionally for a living and have a certain or, or, or writing for certain publications or broadcast for certain media outlets. It shouldn't be for every uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> I think Twitter was giving it out like candy at one point. So maybe this is something that he does fix. And you go through an actual verification process. And if it's a real verification process, I might apply for one, right? But I, I haven't in the past because I've thought it's... You know, like I saw some of the people who had blue check marks. I was like, whatever, okay. You know, I don't need that to 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 to, to justify uh, my 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 existence on this platform. Yeah. Um. And and it's not just in soccer. I see it. I see it in in other uh, other lines also. I see it in politics too. Some of the people who who've gotten blue check marks are okay. You know, they have a social media following. Or okay, for you know six months they 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 were a campaign manager for someone, or they wrote for a publication, but they're not. Of a certain authority that justifies Bacartic, that. As in life, oftentimes it comes down to who you know, and if you know the right people, or you you know the right people within Twitter, you can get get things done. You know, in in terms of. Blue I, I, I don't know what the process is because I haven't yeah. tried, but we could, we could, uh, I know we've had some issues with this with our account at World Soccer Talk. So yeah, I mean you 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 and you have to handle that. So maybe you have more uh, authority to speak yeah. on that. Yeah, if you want to, we can do a whole Twitter Spaces about that whole thing. I can give you some interesting stories on that. All right, let's move on to uh, the listener mailbag. And first up is John. John says, "What had to be." A historic first, ABC, NBC, and CBS aired soccer at the same time last weekend. Bundesliga, Premier League, and NWSL, your thoughts? So, Kato Kotick, I I mean, to me, I mean, we, we've had this happen before, um, not with these three specific leagues at the, at the same time on, on over-the-air networks. Uh, we've had Fox in there sometimes, too, of course. But um, to me, it's great. I mean, I love it. I mean, I, I love uh, having soccer as accessible as possible. And whether it's through streaming or, or even better over the air. And to have uh, major games on all three networks there, uh, except for Fox, at the same time. Fantastic, right? Absolutely. It, it was it was great. And, and I think um, a big part of... Uh, what we're seeing also is CBS has used, really effectively used women's soccer and NWSL as the gateway to test market how soccer does on a broadcast channel. And because it did really well, they've opened the door to showing other things. And, and obviously, uh, Champions League being on uh, big CBS has made all the difference. I mean, it, it's uh, it, uh, we, ha- we haven't talked about this yet in this podcast, so I'll use this this uh, 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 comment from John as an occasion. Chris, the amount of conversation about Champions League this season exceeds previous seasons because it's on broadcast uh, in the middle of the day on on weekdays when there's no other sports on. Now, I. I did not realize it would have this sort of impact moving these games to CBS. And the numbers have been good, but it seems like in terms of um, conversation, it's further amplified than even the increase in numbers going from cable to uh, to broadcast. It's, it's been pretty massive. 
It has, and and I think CBS has done it really well in terms of the way that they've um, set up the the whole kind of, I guess the the whole system of of how they show games in terms of Paramount Plus having all the games available too. If you want to go that down that path, uh, CBS now and again having having the games. What's interesting though too, actually for the the semi final UEFA Champions League second legs. Um, I would have presumed that both of those games would have been on CBS. However, they decided to go ahead and have the Real Madrid against Man City uh, second leg on on CBS and Paramount Plus, and then the Villarreal against Liverpool second leg uh, only on Paramount Plus. Now that game is also on uh, Univision and uh, Tudo Ene. So I mean, there's, there's so many options, but uh, maybe CBS thought, you know what? Even the games looks like it's going to be Liverpool going to kind of cruise in this one, um, so maybe not have it on CBS, or maybe they thought they know how many Liverpool supporters there are, they know how many people will be wanting to watch the Villarreal Liverpool game, even though it looks like Liverpool uh, is, is almost there in terms of qualifying for the, the final, and and that gravitates a lot of people to watch that game. Um, you mean Liverpool fans or neutral fans wanting to watch that? That, that that's the part of it, Kartik. That that's just huge. It's just the number of Liverpool fans that continue to grow in this country. That number seems to just be skyrocketing, and with the potential still right of quadruple, which is absolutely insane. I mean, this could be the biggest season ever for Liverpool Football Club it, in its history, which is absolutely nuts when you think about it. Mercator says, I agree with Kartik. The club channels on uh, TV, or you mean they're available around the world, the, the club channels themselves are often dull because there's no real criticism. Clubs are just not in the position to truly criticize themselves or their players. So you end up with dull or very biased presentation that makes you feel like you're watching propaganda and not soccer. Uh, but they can be great if you follow the youth team levels. And, and and I would agree too from from my own uh, personal Swans TV, Swansea City t- TV. Um, seeing some of those youth games, uh, kind of U twenty three games or other other types of games that I've seen in the past, that those have been great. Um, and actually, they they've been pretty. I mean, they're not overly critical um, when my team loses, but you mean it's 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 not they're not in the tank 100 percent. it's not like it i mean at least from what i watch on my, on mine what about man city tv kartik are, are they in the tank completely or are they a little bit yes <laughs> oh well i i don't i don't i don't watch them you know i i the club was very different at one point i mean i uh I, well, this was before the takeover, but I used to listen when early days of podcasting every week, there'd be a podcast with Andy Hinchcliffe, uh, who's another, I had, you know, I listed a bunch of players the other day that had played for both Everton and, uh, coached or played for both Everton and Manchester city, uh, saying, uh, Hey, there are ties that bind us. There's a reason why I have such a fondness for Everton history being a city fan. Hinchcliffe is another, but there used to be a podcast a club would put out with Andy Hinchcliffe every week. Uh, and, uh, there would be occasional, other former city legends on it that was very unbiased uh, in the days when city was was struggling quite frankly after the takeover things became more propaganda ish things became more about city football group now it, there's a lot of uh, uh, city tv which is about these other clubs that city has invested in around the globe which uh i, mean, I just have to laugh because i uh i i uh um 
had someone who, who's uh, a family member ask me about Mumbai City Football Club and MCFC and their Etihad sponsorship just last week. Right? And it's just like, well, you know, I, 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 I'm very uncomfortable with all of this, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, you support the club, you don't support the brand, right? Right, but there are a lot of there are a lot of city fans who I think are watching city TV or whatever who support New York City FC and Mumbai City FC and Troyes and uh, Hirona and 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 uh, uh, Melbourne City FC. It's another one that's MCFC, right? It, 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 to me, it's very weird. Uh, but but city TV, to your point, club TV channel has really pushed that. Um, and successfully with a lot of City fans. Adolfo says, My comments on the dominance of the Premier League in the United States, I feel it comes down to some very important factors. NBC really only has the Premier League and NFL as sports properties, and the NFL is shared with other broadcasters, whereas the Premier League is theirs entirely in the United States. Second second factor is I've never I never saw a big audience for La Liga or the Bundesliga. It's always two to three teams in contention, and unlike the Premier League, no one cares about the relegation battle in other leagues. Uh, lastly, uh, either leagues, I'm sorry. Lastly, the third and most important factor to why other leagues do not resonate with audiences in the U.S. is NFL and college football. Every league, even the Premier League, will always be second to both sports. And be it ESPN, Fox, or if one day NBC uh, wins either the Sunday afternoon AFC, NFC package, the Premier League will also be second in that sports portfolio. And I think second is quite okay. I I think nobody kind of expects soccer to get bigger uh, or more popular than uh, American football uh, in our lifetimes. I mean, really, it's it's not going to happen. Roberto says, uh, the Open Cup has long been a favorite of mine. Thanks for your comments in the podcast. Uh, Lamar Hunt helped save the MLS in its formative years. The old NASL did not take part. They were afraid of upsets. This year it is back and there have been some fun games. Um, Some MLS teams did not take it seriously and deserve the embarrassment of defeat. I'm halfway between Charlotte and Greenville, uh, South Carolina. Uh, the B team almost got beat by a team two, du- two divisions lower. It was good for Greenville, who are planning a new 8,000-seat stadium. In the coming rounds, there may be more upsets. Uh, in the past, USL teams have made the last rounds. For me, this cup is more important than the contrived League's Cup. Dave says, I'm really enjoying the U.S. Open Cup to the point. I skipped some Liga MX uh, MX action to focus on small stadiums and teams. Bummed that this may be the last year to stream. I know MLS does not field uh, A-teams for these games, but lower leagues are close to MLS in quality in games I've watched. Uh, Referees, announcers, and keepers are much better than I expected. And it's prob- probably, I mean, it's part of the reason, right, Kartik? What I mean, so yeah, MLS is uh, playing their season at the same time as U.S. Open Cup. But in some ways, I mean, and, and they have large squads, MLS, but in some ways, MLS probably feels that, uh, I mean, why give the U.S. Open Cup the uh, kind of spotlight when it's not a MLS Soccer United marketing property? Um and sometimes it, it can actually make MLS look inferior, or if, if not inferior, at least on the same level as, as USL. 
Yeah, I had that experience with uh, working in NASL where there were several occasions where MLS uh, and U.S. soccer were not cooperative about us amplifying the um, the, 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 the one-off matchups that our teams had with MLS uh, sides, like when uh, Minnesota played. Minnesota is now in MLS, ironically enough, but M- uh, Minnesota played Real Salt Lake, and uh, Carolina, which is now North Carolina FC, uh, played the LA Galaxy several successive years. So that was um, um, something that we didn't get much cooperation on, and I think that was the reason they were concerned about the upsets. At the same time, I have to say MLS is promoted it a little more this year, maybe from pressure from the U.S. soccer, because U.S. soccer has clearly, as as, uh, Roberto uh, mentions in in his uh, uh, comment, uh, that uh, and Dave, that there's been better uh, announcers and and, uh, uh, production level along the streaming this year than in past years. And I know U.S. soccer... um, under the commissioner, Mr. Applegate, have made a real effort to promote this competition this season, uh, building up into it being a full-fledged U.S. soccer property in terms of media and marketing and and, uh, sponsorship in 2023, as we've talked about as part of uh, potentially the Turner deal. Uh, So there has been a ramping up of the way U.S. soccer uh, treats this this competition this year. Obviously, they haven't held it the last two years because of COVID, so it's the first first one since 2019. MLS has seen some pressure, I think. They've done more on social media, at least, to promote the Open Cup, which they in the past they would they would act like these games didn't exist and these were like reserve matches or, or uh, uh, friendlies with lower division teams. At least this year, there's a little bit more emphasis on the cup from MLS's marketing uh, department, but maybe that's due to pressure from U.S. Soccer, who are seeing the cup now as a more valuable property, more important property than they previously saw it. So two more pieces to go in a listener mail mailbag. Uh, next is Martin. Martin says, since ESPN may lose MLS. Do you think they will use some other broadcast talent to air Bundesliga 2 games that they have the rights to? They're showing more Bundesliga 2 games recently, but not sure if ESPN uses MLS contracted talent for the games or their own. So, Martin, sorry to rain on your parade here, but it's unlikely that ESPN will lose the rights to MLS. If anything, it's more likely that they will renew at least in some, I mean, who, who knows what yet in terms of the, what that's going to be. Um, and it's unlikely, too, I think, that, that we'll see more uh, Bundesliga 2 games on. I mean, again, ESPN will show as many games as they can that they have talent for, and that would be their own talent in-house. So these games, the Bundesliga, Bundesliga 2 games, um, have no commentary available to them. They just get the, the actual live feed of the game, so they have to ha- ESPN has to use their own commentators. So, And again, too, with the Bundesliga 2, it's getting towards the end of the season. Uh, the playoffs will be here before you know it in terms of uh, those teams uh, trying to get up into the uh, the Bundesliga and the kind of that relegation playoff from the Bundesliga to Bundesliga 2. So, yeah, unlikely, unfor- unfortunately, but... Um, if it does happen where ESPN loses out on MLS, then yeah, 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 then 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 we should see a few more games. Not a lot. I don't think there's a lot of demand quite yet. Although it's a great league to watch. Last but not least, JP says regional sports networks are the stand-in for team channels, but since many are actually owned, um, for example, the Red Sox owns NESN, uh, Yankees own um, the Yes Network, etc. Um, 
The Dolan family, the Dolan fam- family who owns the Knicks and Rangers also owns MSG. It's the same thing right now. Fans of any local baseball, basketball or hockey team need access to a specific regional sports network in order to watch the majority of regional uh, regular season games. This will cost close to $200 a month or more when you include the usual cable, internet, phone bundle. It does make you less aware of the league and players as a whole, unless you also subscribe to the out-of-market package, MLB TV, NBA League Pass, etc., or are heavily into gambling fantasy and follow the league that, that way as well. And Kartik, that I mean, lastly, I mean, before we go here, I mean, that's that's still the biggest pickle that MLS has to deal with is figuring out how do they operate and go forward in their TV uh, streaming um, media rights deal uh, with regional sports networks, and and part of it too is that. Uh, MLS said, hey, we're combining these rights together. So, hey, if ESPN, if you want to go ahead and get the rights to these games, the national rights, but also the local rights to these games too, you guys decide how you want to do that. If you want to have uh, have it available to everyone through a streaming package or if you want to go ahead in, in certain cities, have those regional rights too. It, it, it's an issue. It's a big issue, so especially from the production point of view, too, is if uh, MLS says, hey, we're going to skip that whole regional si- side. And we're just going to go national and streaming. Like, well, who's going to be actually broadcasting those games? Cause, um, yeah, and I think they're complicating things with, with, with this, right? And, and uh, uh, we talked about the production side of this before uh, and having to oh, take, take in the production. As we just got done discussing U.S. Open Cup, right? U.S. soccer has made the decision to produce all those games, which they didn't used to do. I, I can attest to that personally. That used to be a real hassle at clubs and leagues I've worked at, uh, is, is broadcasting those Open Cup games. I mean, in fact, uh, there, one time when I was working in an amateur club or, or consulting for an amateur club, I, I had to uh, struggle to get the, the game on, on air, a U.S. Open Cup match, and uh, find announcers to call the match and, and had to do that all on my own. Now U.S. soccer is taking care of that. That is a major expense and a major hassle that MLS uh, has you know, effectively through the years either, either dumped off on their individual clubs or um, to these networks, as, as you're outlining, these RSNs, JP. So I, I don't know. I think that this is another complication. You know, we're hearing uh, here at World Soccer Talk that a deal might be close uh, with, with, uh, with uh, a, a network or with a media partner. But um, these are all complications. This is why I don't think it got done in the first quarter and probably isn't getting done in the first month of the second quarter either. It's going to be May when it gets done, it looks like. All right, Kartik. So if any listeners uh, want to share any feedback, any questions you have in terms of you mean anything that we've covered today or anything in in regards to watching soccer on TV, streaming or apps, etc. Definitely get in touch with us. You can reach us uh, through email, which is web at worldsoccertalk.com. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash uh, worldsoccertalk. Twitter, our handle is at worldsoccertalk. Um, or on the website, on the podcast, you can go ahead and on the podcast uh, feed there. This, the actual stream, you can go ahead and post your comments there, and we'll, we'll gladly read those out on a future episode. So, 
uh, on behalf of everyone at worldsoccertalk.com thank you for listening and uh, Kartik heading into another weekend right I mean you've got your Serie A game to look forward to as well as much more I mean so many much games to look forward to we're spoilt for choice I'm looking forward to watching Leeds against Man City also kind of not looking forward to watching Swansea against Nottingham Forest but I am interested in the championship playoffs too we know Swansea at some point will lead in that match <laughs> maybe by multiple goals sorry Chris I mean it's yeah they, they've been they've been blowing leads they'd be right in this playoff mix if they hadn't blown several multiple goal leads oh, God. <laughs> anyway uh, thank you for listening and Kartik uh, what should you do and what should the listeners do enjoy your football on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.